everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to This Week in Bitcoin. Today is May the 21st, 2021. Strong hand, long-term thinking. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. I'm offended by selling, buying over crying, be a unique beast, feeding in is overrated. We're one day closer to an all-time high to a trillion dollar market cap. But you got to be patient here. People, don't FOMO on alts. Yeah. All right. We got some uh, unique beast guests. We're doing the format a little bit differently this week. All right. We got Michael Shapiro in here and we got Phil Gibson. We're going to have some other people drop in and out of the show. Perhaps you never know who's going to pop in here. Uh, I do thank the people that have helped me with the administrative aspects of the show that have made it a little bit easier to set things up today. So, you know, last week we were worried we weren't going to have another show for a while. Well, some people stepped up. I figured out some things. It's it's a, a more uh, fast-paced uh, and unpredictable uh, format. But I do have some sad news to start with today. Some really, really unfortunate news um, for people who are, who are familiar with the show, who've watched it through the years, for the people that are in the chat, uh, for people that just, just in, the, in the Bitcoin community. Uh, uh, there is a, a guy, uh, Dan Daniel out of Mexico, just learned Bitcoin.com, 21 million. He had many names, many names, and he was a young guy, uh, and he got sick. Um, and I, I know he'd been sick for a while. I don't know the exacts, uh, but last night I, I found out that he passed away. And this show is dedicated to Dan, de dedicated to Daniel, one of the nicest guys in the Bitcoin space who was who was really keeping it real down down there in Mexico. And was it was a unique beast. And I know many people on, on other shows they're not going to be talking about this. Maybe on a few other shows that, that knew him. Um, he was an insider, to say the least. He didn't try to get famous or anything like that. So you're not going to read it about about it anywhere. But but to me, you, you should be reading it about it everywhere. It is it's really tragic um, that a young Bitcoiner uh, can leave us so soon. And it just I I just want to remind everyone you don't you don't know when it's going to end. You got to make the most of every day that's out there um, and just keep it positive. He was a very positive people. He tried to teach people Bitcoin uh, and he he will be missed. Uh, if you don't don't know who he is, I, I linked to his, his, his Twitter's link to below. You can see who he was. You can link to two videos that he, when he was on this very show uh, in the past. So again, I, I dedicate this show to him. I, I know it's it's sad news and I don't like to start out on a sad Note like that, but that's life. Sometimes we do have to deal with, with sad stuff like that. And Dan, Daniel, uh, just learned Bitcoin. You, man, I, you were awesome. You won't be forgotten around this part uh, of, of the Bitcoin uh, world. So we're going to transition now into, uh, I mean, other, other news that isn't exactly happy news here either. Uh, but before the, the show started, um, all of a sudden, we got the mainstream media <laughs> is covering China FUD again. It seems that the, the mainstream media has been quite interested in, in China FUD this week. And I, I, it seems like we're living in a world of newbies to me. I've gone through China FUD so many times in my life now. And usually they, there's some scary announcement out of China. 
And then it kind of goes down the tube. It's not as scary anymore. And people misinterpreted it. And it wasn't that big. So now we, we've got we got news out of China. It, it just broke that uh, you know they're they're cracking down on mining. Maybe maybe that's what they're doing. It's it's some big financial report. Remember, it's a centrally planned economy. They try to they try to plan affect every aspect of their economy. Okay, so they have a huge report saying how they're going to try to you know poke here and prod here and close this and close that. Um, and so the price of Bitcoin goes down. All right. I mean, it's it, it never it never seems to end that people fall for that. And, and you know, on Twitter, it's trending now. China FUD. So I think you you get my take on this, people. You, you, I, I think I've explained it pretty clearly here that uh, it's uh, you know, Bitcoin crashes twelve percent as uh, China reiterates mining crackdown. I mean, they're not they're not going around that and closing down the miners now. I mean, that, that's a, it's it's kind of an, an exaggeration there. Um, now let's say if mining was shut down in China, let, let's uh, well, I mean, there's a lot of people that say uh, Bitcoin is too centered around China. It would be a positive thing. I believe in certain people's minds, dude. If the mining goes away there, it'll pop up somewhere else. So enough about enough of what I just said out there. Uh, we'll start with Phil. And I was on Phil's show recently, by the way. It's gonna pop pretty soon. Um, and that's another way, guys. If you want me on your show, put me on your show. It'll appear on this channel eventually. So, uh, Phil, what's your your take on the on the China fund? Yeah, the China fund is tiring. And to be fair, this is kind of my first bull run to experience all of this. But I do a bunch of podcasts, binging and listening to people people smarter than I, as it is. But I don't really think it takes that much to really uh, see that it's just kind of bull. I mean, Bitcoin requires you to find the cheapest energy possible to use. There's an abundant amount of energy to I guess surplus of renewable energy in China. And of course, when there's a crackdown over there, you know, miners go off the network, but that is just another incentive for everyone else in the world to get on because the incentives of Bitcoin are so powerful. And if people actually want a green energy solution, what better way than to plug Bitcoin into any operation? Because you're gonna need the cheapest amount of energy or cheapest, yeah, amount of energy possible to get the soundest money on earth. So I think it's silly. There's other things that may have caused the price dump, whether it's Elon or people selling off for paying taxes or whatever, because it was tax day on Monday. So there's just a lot of variables and factors that could go into this. But if you're new to Bitcoin, welcome to Bitcoin. Get used to it. This is a sale. <laughs> it's 50% off. Well, not so much more because we just scooped all that up because we're good Bitcoiners that way. But yeah, welcome to Bitcoin. Get used to it. This isn't anything new. Just sit back, enjoy the rise, sit on your hands and just stack sets and you'll be fine. Well, well Phil, you know, you, you talk about this could be caused by Elon also. And what you're, you're, you're still stuck in earlier this week. We're just talking about two hours ago. We've had double China fund, okay? So it, it, it's, it's everyone falls for it. They fell for it on Wednesday. They're falling for it on Friday. Again, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And CS2 sent $5, thanks. He says, it's hard to believe that people would sell their Bitcoin because the communist government says it does not like Bitcoin. 
Well, um, maybe it's because they're a fascist government. Because they, 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 it's you know to call them communists is uh, well, it's what they used to be. But they're they're fascists. They they are they are a fascist regime over there. Now you talk you talk about energy use. <laughs> wow, that that was a great segue there, Phil. Because we've got a we've got Mr. Uh, Bitcoin Energy uh, right here, Michael Shapiro, um, who some of you might be familiar with on. Uh, well, on Twitter, first of all, he's pretty hardcore there, but on Clubhouse also. So, uh, Michael, uh, what, what is your what's your take on the China fight and uh, and the energy fight too? Yeah. I'll, I'll let you go full off on energy if you want to. Yeah, I don't really have takes on China other than I don't care. I don't pay attention to to that sort of thing. You know, every other week you can hear some country is is doing something, and China, I guess, it gets more people to react since they're larger. Uh, but the, the energy is interesting. I'm not really concerned about what the sentiment is. I'm not concerned that, you know, we need to, to get people to understand things. I think it's an interesting opportunity for us to refine our own understanding of Bitcoin energy in the world. Um, I think when people go off on the renewables tangent, it's sort of, uh, it, it's sort of admitting fault in a way, um, which there's no need to be doing. And saying, yeah, we, we, we accept your premise and it's not as bad as you think. That's, the, that's essentially allowing them to set that framework. And I don't think that's the, the way we need to be framing it. Yes. Uh, I, I want to point out to everyone that he's got a freaking genius article that's linked to below. Okay. And so uh, read it. Try to read it, everyone. Uh, it's, uh, it's not the easiest uh, article in the world it's you gotta be smart and uh it, it, if you need reassurance about this uh about the energy fight it is great but uh I, i'll say this yeah i i don't waste too much time arguing with the the energy people i i reference other people's articles but yeah keep keep it simple with them um we we, we need energy and uh the, the world's not about to uh burn up here uh because of of bitcoin now uh, I, I want to go back, though, to, to the, the China-related stuff. And, well, I think both of you, My, Michael, you do a, a good job of ignoring the mainstream media, it, it appears, and just, uh, you know, keeping a strong hand and, and, and not really caring. But do you think, and since you, you, you've been around the space for a little while, uh, to, to something that I've noticed this time with the FUD, because this has been... First of all, it's FUD Friday today, but the whole week has been filled with FUD. And just the mainstream media seems to have just a, a much larger interest in Bitcoin than it, it previously did. Um, did you have a, a take on that at all? We're winning. <laughs> it's that simple. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think pound that like button there, people. That's a, that's a pretty good way of, of, of summing it up right there. Uh, Phil, how about you? No press is bad press. And we're getting a lot of press and it's coming from the FUD end. And that's great. They're talking about it. They can't get Bitcoin off the brain. And I think a lot of this may have to do with, again, agendas for green initiatives and this is just kind of a thorn in their side of their rhetoric and it would be who of us as bitcoiners to actually you know not take what the media tells us with a grain of salt because if you're not inherently just trying to debunk everything 
that the mainstream media is throwing at you, then, you know, how are you a Bitcoiner in the first place? It is really the most unorthodox thing that we as humans are able to witness in history, like this monetization of this asset. And it's a threat to the system directly. And so, yeah, it's like the media is going to media. And so you should take everything that they say, uh, not to heart, whatever they say, whatever they mean, they mean the opposite. And yeah, it's just going to be a thing that we have to get used to. But it's kind of a shock if you're not already used to it. But yeah, like if you want to talk more about like the environment or something, I was just getting to the uh, deep dives of George Carlin this past week on his uh man what is the stand called can't recall but there is a a skit that he was or a, a bit that he was riffing on about the environment and how like we affect it for this and that and he's like the environment is fine the plan is fine it's the people that are screwed <laughs> so i don't know i feel like at the end of the day the earth is gonna be fine and prosper and kill us before we kill it if anything and Bitcoin, again, with this incentives, pushes people to find the most energy efficient way to make this money happen. So, oh, oh, well, my cat just opened the door anyway. That, that, that's what I think about that. All right. Yeah, don't put the media on a pedestal, people. But I, I am just pointing it out that we're getting – I think it's interesting that the uh, uh, mainstream media is paying quite a lot of attention to Bitcoin and – it seems like they love to co- cover the the bad news more so than the uh, than, than the good news. I mean, uh, the, just the, the scaring of the normies. I've gotten some interesting uh, messages from normies who are really they, they think it's going to zero, and I thought that fun. We we, we uh, ejected that from the system a long time ago. Uh, I, I do do want to read uh, Michael's uh, article. Bitcoin is the energy minimal system. For a planetary civilization, ending the climate destruction the U.S. dollar has imposed. All right. So, uh, Launder's principle and the thermodynamics of sound money and life itself. Dude, that's pretty hardcore. It is linked to below. Uh, Do do, do you have anything uh, to add uh, in that preview of your article there? Yeah, I mean, I, I can just sum it up. The The premise is, is pretty straightforward. It's that um, the money we have is information. It's information about the, the state of the world and things to do. And the things that we do in the world are tied to energy and its usage and the usage and doing work um, on energy in ways that are more and more efficient over time. That's what work is. It's, it's getting more value out of energy. And when we uh, shift the, the, the money through expansion, that is a form of deletion of that information that exists within each person. And Landauer's principle just observes that when you delete information, you increase the entropy. And from that, you can say, okay, anytime you are inflating the money supply, you're deleting information, you're actually increasing entropy because you reduce the capacity of those actors to do work and you create inefficiency. And that then becomes less of a, of a philosophical economic argument and more of that's just physics. It's really hard to argue with. Um, and with individual actors pursuing minimum energy in everything they do, 
that's the only way you can really reduce energy. So it's not about the mining. It's about the fixing everything. Dude, best freaking guest in the space I bring you guys. Both these guys haven't been on the show before. They are linked to below. Um, and by the way, if you guys have questions for these dudes, uh, put them in the uh, – do a super chat. Type in Bitcoin Meister, and uh, we will answer – uh, your questions. And by the way, dudes, you don't know who else is going to show up later in the show. It's a new format. People might be popping in, popping out. I don't know what's going to go on here. All right. Some other. Uh, so before, before we get back to Elon, oh God, do we have to talk about you? I don't know if we have to talk about Elon. Car guy. I think car guy is the proper term. No. Uh, uh, car guy has some pretty great opinions. Yeah, we, Elon, we call him I think. car guy on Clubhouse. Okay, let's talk about Clubhouse. Now let's keep it positive. Both the, what do you? This is huge. I mean, I'm tr I'm trying to get into Clubhouse, and it's uh it's because of Clubhouse uh, that uh, that I actually uh, that I that I actually know Michael here um, because he popped into my the you know my one successful show over there. But uh, what's your take on uh, Clubhouse, Michael, and, and where it's bringing the Bitcoin community? Is it helpful, or is it a big echo chamber? Uh, are, are, are newbies being uh, convinced otherwise of, uh, you know, because there's so many people that have been FOMO on, on altcoins in the last, uh, you know, this Dogecoin thing is insane. Um, so are, are you guys making a difference over there? Are you having fun? Tell us about it, Michael. Yeah, I think we are um, informing a lot of people that aren't necessarily on Twitter. I mean, people have to remember Twitter is a, a relatively small platform. It's only about 330 million people. Uh, and most of the really high quality content is in these media formats that for the average person might be hard to navigate and Clubhouse really gets to a lot of people. Uh, it also has its negatives. So, you know, it's funded by A16Z. They're a big shitcoin VC firm with a lot of shitcoin portfolio companies. Um, so one thing they were doing to, to get a lot of growth is they would bring on um, like A-list celebrities, um, different actors, musicians. And then they would also, in these rooms, bring on a shitcoiner to, to not even the mainstream shitcoins, but just like some random shitcoin to do their sort of educational things in these dinner party rooms where you'd get high profile VCs and actors. And so from that perspective, it's really awful. And you see these these firms using every tool they have to, to screw over poor, uneducated people. And that part's awful. And then they're not doing that constantly. I saw that a couple times. And then it's just sort of the, the regular shitcoiners doing their thing. Um, so what we have is we have Bitcoin clubs where we have a lot of regular things where if people want to go to the Bitcoin clubs, then they know it's just going to be only about Bitcoin. All right. That's that's good. Uh, very, you know, you're, you're doing well over there, but you were honest about the whole <laughs> about the whole situation that it's not, you know, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. Phil, your, your take on Clubhouse? It's great. So I met Michael and we ended up meeting each other in person at the uh, awesome bit devs. That was great. And Clubhouse is a great experience to work on your Bitcoin chops and your pitch when you're helping pitch to noobs. It can get tiresome answering the same questions over and over again, but it's also um, humbling because some people will throw you a curveball and it makes you just kind of reevaluate uh, just how you find where someone is on their journey. And just to get in on the right angle. Uh, for a while, there was kind of like 
uh, a dull in fluctuation of, of people that came in for a while. Uh, and that was fun to experiment because more rooms were created and we just, as Bitcoiners, got creative with the content that we were talking about. And then lo and behold, Doge moons and you have like a new cycle of noobs that come in. And it's uh, it, it was interesting. I, I feel like people that were just specific, specifically like into Doge after the SNL hype, I feel like they may be a different like caliber of people that are interested in like crypto, whatever, just, I don't know, like younger, smarter, like college educated kids. And it's like, it seemed like it was more hopeful into getting them to the Bitcoin side. But, you know, if not uh, like money talks at the end of the day, so they'll do whatever and they'll probably get burned and uh, maybe they'll, they'll come back to Bitcoin or not. But it's a great platform. It has its pros and cons, of course. One of them being that it's iOS only and maybe they'll keep it that way for, you know, whatever business like deal they have. But other than that, like I've met a lot of great people, a lot of opportunities have opened up and it's just a great platform. It's it's like having like calling radio with friends across the world. So it's just another way that digital how, um you know, just disruptive technology is really changing the world like we saw how all your grandparents are on zoom now after the pandemic so it's just another like manifestation of that but it's also manifestation of the decentralization of bitcoin because you have so many people all across the world with different opinions and sharing ideas and just riffing off of each other and it's yeah it's a beautiful thing network effects man they work Dude, it's the freaking golden age of technology and Bitcoiners are making the most of it. And I had no idea that you guys had really met in person before. But hey, I'm learning new things on the show too. That's 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 awesome uh, that you guys met. Uh, I, I didn't know that. Um, all right. Um, and, and you know, speaking about meeting, uh, Phil, are you, are you going to be in Miami? Absolutely. Okay. And, and Michael, uh, I think it's harder for you. Are you going to be in Miami for the conference? I am going to be in Miami. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a Canadian. I'm in Canada. I just I had to sneak across the border to get in here to begin with. So just on a bicycle, it's, it's pretty easy. And so, yeah, I'll just oh, bike dude. back. Oh, dude, you, sh- you are awesome. You are awesome. You, you crossed the border illegally. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, pound that like button. He, I, he I, may I, not. I, he may not be able to get back over the same way, so I've suggested that he get a boat or swim or possibly uh, take air. But <laughs> well, well, I mean, he's crafty, dude. I, you've got you kind of sound a little Canadian, though. You know, your accent is a little. I mean, yeah. I guess you, just blend again. <laughs> <laughs> you got a different accent. I mean, I thought I thought it was possible. You, it sounds like you could really be from British Columbia. I mean, it really does. All right, all right, all right. Okay, so it'll be easy for it'll be great to uh, obviously meet uh, both of you guys in person. Uh, Miami. I actually have a link below. Uh, there is an article here, and um, with Mayor Francis and I'm in Miami right now. Uh, Mayor Francis Suarez wants to turn Miami into an unwoke, pro Bitcoin tech billionaires paradise. That's from Reason Magazine, and it's a it's a positive uh, it's a positive story. Some people in the comments section, you know, they 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 see the word billionaire, and they just like start going crazy and say that you know, they talk about greed and evil and, uh, and uh, you know the the mayor of Miami. I'm no statist or whatever, but if you're gonna have a government, all right, 
he's he's marketing the city to tech people to smart people he, he he doesn't i mean he's not staring away and hating old people like some of these cities in california are doing like in, in the article it actually gives an example in san diego some uh councilwoman said f elon musk or, or i mean the, these these tech dudes you know love them or hate them or whatever they they brought a lot of revenue to california a lot of innovation and it just it's kind of weird it, that uh the the top-down authoritarian governments of california i mean they have really driven up quite a few people uh tech smart people out and hey they're coming here to uh florida and it is a blast so it's an interesting article to read and I think we're going to see the physical manifestation of all of this at the conference. It's going to be explosive. The, the happiness and the freedom that some people will be expressing because they have been limited the, these uh, these last few months. But my my lord, Michael, you, you are you are definitely a man of, of freedom. You don't let the government get in your freaking way there. My that you, that you're in that you got made your way into Canada. So I, I'm really proud to have you on the show. Uh, at, at this momentous uh, uh, point in, uh, in, in this, I think it's a great accomplishment that you've uh, you've crossed the border there. A anyway, any thoughts on Miami? Did you guys uh, have any thoughts on Miami? I've, I've never bullish. been to Florida or any of the East Coast at all, so it'll be fun. All right, Michael. Yeah, I'm definitely bullish on Miami. Uh, I remember the last time I was in Florida, it was in February, and it was already pretty humid, so we'll see how it is in June. That'll be a good stress test for everyone to see how the summer is. Um, overall, though, yeah, I think it'll continue despite the, the weather. We might see people move somewhere else temporarily for the summer. Now it's gotten to a point with remote work that people can sort of move around and still get stuff done, so people aren't going to be as tied down. Here we go. We got. A, we have a comment here. Someone says, um, "This is, you know, this is typical. These people that want fancy assessing graphics. Please, please invest in a better microphone. Have a nice day." No, no, no. It's buy more Bitcoin. Nobody needs a, a freaking mi microphone here. I didn't become a freaking well-off person because I bought a freaking microphone. I became a well-off person because I was buying. Instead of spending two hundred dollars on a freaking microphone, I was spending two hundred dollars on Bitcoin. Now, what is at two hundred dollars on one Bitcoin a piece? I, I and now what's that Bitcoin worth? It's worth what? You tell me, you fiat freaks, thirty-seven thousand freaking dollars or something like that. Anyway, we you never on this on, on shows like this, you never it never ends with these impulsive people who can't pay attention. They have no listening comprehension. They need fancy sets of everything has to be perfect for them. Everything has to be perfect. They're the biggest. They're they're freaking crybaby losers. I mean, that's all I have to say. The one the people that care about what it looks like, what it sounds like, it's not absolutely perfect. Are the freaking biggest babies in the freaking world? And I just wanted to put it out there because they. I mean, it never. I've been making these shows for so long. I've been making these shows for so long. So what, what you if you want that kind of stuff. There are plenty of altcoin channels. It's freaking perfect. The sound is perfect. The people look perfect. The women have huge boobs, and you can, you know, pleasure yourself looking at, at them and stuff. And you, it'll be great sound. You can hear. And then when they ask you to give them money because they're hot, and you, you're just a cuck about it, and you give them money, you'll be able to hear them really clearly and just give more and more of your money and have fun staying poor. Okay? As I don't. 
you know, <laughs> anyway, I wanted to put that out there. We got $4.99 from the Bose Flynn. What do you think about the new 4chan crap today? Trying to liquidate Tom Cruise out of his Bitcoin? I don't know what that is. I don't, I'm not on 4chan. I knew the other day there was some 4chan rumor about how everything was about to get manipulated. I mean, I let the rumors come out there. This is the free market. Let it let it all come out there. And uh, the, we we don't need the government to tell us what's fake and what's real. Let let the market decide. It, apparently, the market loves uh, to sell on on fake news, though. But hey, if if you're one of the people who is freaked out by a fascist government making a statement that they made a million times uh, or have fun staying poor and like buy a microphone to show up your toughness. All right, uh, what do you guys have? You guys heard about the uh, 4chan uh, rumor? Do you guys have any idea what that is? <laughs> Never been on 4chan. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I think I, uh, I was on 4chan like a long time ago, before I really even knew what it was. I didn't understand. It was, I remember being on 4chan like in 2014 or something. Uh, but 4chan is a, a lot of people like to scapegoat them for, for all the problems of the world. But hey, um, uh, the Bose fin that sent 499, if you can elaborate on that in, a, in another uh, in, in another uh, comment there, it, it would be nice. Uh, and we, we can maybe give a, another opinion uh, about this situation because I, I really don't know what you're talking about. But there's a lot of there's a lot of. Uh, dirt over there i mean a lot of stuff you should a lot of rumors that are just complete nonsense in, in the uh the the world of forge chance anyway it was on reddit too okay there's a lot of uh there was a lot of nonsense on reddit also all right let's go back to some uh some other thing from the, the world of uh crypto cucks um, a lot of people love to ask me about BlockFi. okay and uh, hey, Adam, I you know I don't want to keep my I don't want to control my private key. I want to get one percent interest on my Bitcoin because I'm totally impatient. Well, the news came out this week, and I don't know if you if my guests have heard this news, but BlockFi uh, millions of dollars in Bitcoin incorrectly credited to BlockFi customers. Okay, so BlockFi is funded by all sorts of people, all sorts of people. And I think actually some of them have actually blocked Michael on Twitter, apparently. I mean, I see the list of people that have blocked you, Michael. They're, they're some pretty high caliber uh, VC type people. Um, so some of them might have uh, given money to BlockFi in the past. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, BlockFi is well capitalized. They got all sorts of money. They got all sorts of advertising. And they made a tremendous mistake. But yet we have all these people that trust BlockFi with their Bitcoin. And after this story, and it's a story like people are like, oh, well, it's awesome. They gave people Bitcoin instead of giving them dollars. Uh, they made a, it's a really bad mistake. So, I mean, whose Bitcoin were they giving out to people? Uh, so, Michael, uh, even if you haven't heard that story, what, what, do you, what do you think about that? In terms of, uh, are people going to learn not to keep their uh, Bitcoin at third parties just to get a 1% return? I heard about that, and it's, it's definitely hilarious. Uh, but I'm not sure if people will learn. One of the screenshots I saw posted on Twitter was someone moved their coins because it's, oh, I got these free coins. I should take them off now. And they moved them into a Coinbase wallet. <laughs> so, no, they're not going to learn. <laughs> that, that really sums it all up. 
that I mean, <laughs> but, but I mean, I, 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 I try to reach out to people on TikTok through, uh, there's, I don't know if you guys know about Coinbeast. Everyone go to coinbeast.com. They're a Bitcoin. I do their, their TikToks for them. Okay. They're Bitcoin hardcore. And I told people, you know, get your, why are you keeping your coins on Coinbase? And people just say it's insured. Uh, you know, if something went wrong. They would, they would bail me out. But they don't get the unconfiscatable aspect of Bitcoin at all. I mean, if you've got your coins at, on, on Coinbase and the government says you're a terrorist, then, the, then Coinbase will give your, your coins to the government. That's some people say, well, that's extreme, Adam. Well, how about this? You've got your coins on Coinbase or you've got it on BlockFi. Okay, you're a happily married man, and you're keeping your your Bitcoin on on, uh, on BlockFi or Coinbase, maybe getting interest on BlockFi or whatever, and then you get divorced. All of a sudden, something happens, and uh, well, then the judge orders that uh, you know you give your wife half your stuff or seventy five percent of your stuff, like Hulk Hogan had to do. And uh, well, what happens? They give your freaking Bitcoin to your wife. All right. Now, if you did, or your ex-wife at that point, all right? So this is real. This is real. Any 50% of Americans get divorced, right? They get married or something. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's a complete statistic. But it could happen to you, okay? And if you control your freaking private keys, that won't happen. I encourage every man out there, you keep yourself, you get a Bitcoin stash on the side. You don't have to tell her about everything. You don't have to tell, but there's a 50% chance that you, she's going to find, well, you, you know. Anyway, so... Uh, Enough of that, but if you do control your own private key, she can't take it from you, or he can't take it from you, whatever you, whatever your preferred pronouns are out there, or who you're marrying, men married, men, women married. I don't know what's going on out there. Um, Phil, you're in the music scene. What do you have to say about all this? <laughs> well, I don't know how music relates to BlockFi, but... No, I, I, that, that was more so the marriage. You know, you see a lot of different types of people getting married. I, I, I really did a long shot uh, tie in there. But what do you, what's your take on BlockFi? I want to give you your musician. I want to you get to promote it at the end of the show and everything too. Everybody check him out. Link to below. Well, yes, I'll, continue. I'll, I'll uh, delay the gratification with my low time time preference for the shilling uh, towards the end of the show. But on, on the BlockFi point, it's just another beautiful case of showing, hey, not your keys, not your coins. And what's really funny about this is that I, I'm curious how many people actually kept those Bitcoin because it was like 700 Bitcoin was actually sent out to these people instead of like the USD Tether or whatever the hell they used. So I also heard that these people received like threatening letters, but I wonder how many of them were, uh, you know, going rogue and just decided to keep those Bitcoin because it was sent to their wallet and they could have just immediately sent them to self custody. So um, yeah, it, it just goes to show like the powers of B can send as many uh, threatening letters or the corporation can, but at the end of the day, like not your keys, not your coins. I don't really see, see any cases where the feds come knocking on your door asking for their private key. So this is just another example of why Bitcoin is so revolutionary and how empowering it is to the individual and their uh, sovereignty of their wealth and finances. Now, I assume that the majority of people did cave because, you know, a threatening letter is a threatening letter. You KYC'd at that institution in, in the first place. So, you know, stuff could happen to you. So maybe you want to take the, the, the safe route on that. But again, not your keys, not your coins. And this also reminds me of how Robinhood basically forced the hand of all the investors or the retail 
and to just closing their, their positions. And I wonder if the same effect is going to happen to the people that experienced this uh, occasion, because uh, again, like not your keys, not your coins and how like unempowering is it for someone to make these financial decisions for you? It's like, excuse me. I thought this was my money. I thought I was in control of how I want to grow my wealth. And so I don't know how many of the wall street bets people that were longing GameStop actually turned into hodlers. But, you know, since this is more like the crypto sphere of where this recent incident happened, I wonder if that will kind of just, you know, be the cold ice bucket over their head to really realize, oh, like I should be in charge of all this stuff. So that's my hope is that people do wake up and realize how empowering Bitcoin is and how better off they will be if they do take self-custody. But that might be wishful thinking. But that's just kind of what this whole situation made me think of hey you're positive at least ben ben btc sessions is in the house you never know who's going to show up on this new format type of show we got people showing he's a canadian he's got to deal with yeah he, he's from the western side of canada not the pacific part but hey alberta best freaking province in the freaking canada go for some freedom albertan benny calgary I love Red it. Heart, take it away, baby. Sharpshooter, what do you think about this BlockFi situation? I think this is foreshadowing what will happen as Bitcoin Trojan horses itself into traditional finance. All these guys are used to being able to make stupid mistakes like this, but then when they pile up enough, they get bailed out because the currency they're using can just be printed. And they're too big to fail. Um, you know, BlockFi is obviously not too big to fail. If they fail, you know, people get wrecked. Um, but I think what this shows is even even the experts, quote unquote experts, people that have been doing this for years can make mistakes, right? And mistakes will be made uh, with people in in higher places that hold much more Bitcoin for many more people. Um, it's just a matter of time, right? There can be hacks, there can be mistakes where it's just not due diligence and that you accidentally send out way more than you're supposed to in mistaken transactions and and how many people are are gonna actually return uh, those Bitcoin after those types of mistakes. So I mean, picture a situation where you have a Bitcoin ETF um, or, or, you know, a major bank because NYDIG is talking about banks having, uh, Bitcoin accounts for customers and so on and so forth moving forward. Picture some major entity making a mistake like this on like an order of magnitude larger. And all of a sudden you're in a situation where there's a lot of Bitcoin missing. Um, and you have a lot of angry customers and it may be kind of one of those financial crisis type dominoes but this time around there is no lender of last resort you might be able to bail them out in dollar terms but those dollars may never be able to purchase back the amount of bitcoin that were lost so um i don't know i i i i don't <laughs> i don't know exactly how this kind of stuff plays out in the long term but um i think many people will learn the virtues of self-custody the hard way so we shall see it will happen there will be a disaster with one of the with something like block fine there there's going to be 
<laughs> it's just, I mean, we predicted this for a while, that there was going to be a larger exchange hack one day. Who knows what it's going to be? And man, will the media pick up on it? Uh, uh, Benny, do, do you have any, uh, at, earlier in the show, we were talking about how it seems like the media really, uh, the mainstream media is really picking up on the FUD this week. Uh, have you noticed that? Uh, uh, you know, you've been around this space oh, yeah. for a long time. It's it's crazy how much is dropping at the same time. It's I feel like they're going to run out of ammo. They're just dropping every every FUD piece in the book. We've got the the energy FUD. We've got the well, you know, the the funny China. thing is that two. Yeah, the two FUD articles are antithesis of each other. Like one is China's mining with coal power and it's going to destroy the planet. And that's the reason why everybody should dump Bitcoin. And then China comes along and says they want to ban mining, which would then solve the the other FUD about <laughs> about <laughs> the energy. So like, it, which is it? Which, you know, like people that were freaking out about my, China and coal should now be celebrating China banning it. People that were saying China is controlling Bitcoin and that's, uh, that's a problem. Uh, versus China trying to ban it for years. If you're the largest authoritarian regime on the globe and you've been unsuccessfully trying to ban Bitcoin for years, that shit is not priced in yet. That is not priced in whatsoever. I think this is the most bullish thing. And then more recently, just earlier today, I saw another fraud article about how Iran is using Bitcoin mining to evade sanctions. Um, yeah. I, absolutely. That's a feature, not a bug. Um, you know, the, it, people, anybody can use Bitcoin. Anybody can use it. And so, you know, with the good comes, and, and I wouldn't even ne necessarily say that it's bad that Iran is mining Bitcoin. It just means that you have a neutral base layer for value that anybody can use. Is it bad that people in, in countries that are less desirable than, than others are breathing air it's accessible to all of us is it bad that they all have access to sunshine and could use solar power is that is is that going to be fud around renewables <laughs> because other countries can utilize that it's it's decentralized anybody can use it people are going to have to wrap their heads around that i don't know i i think all of this fud dropping is just they're they're gonna run out of ammo um especially with so many eyeballs on it this time around 2017 there maybe weren't as many people paying attention i think there will be more this time and it's less likely to work if everybody's already heard it so what are you gonna do well everybody's already heard it. the retail people it's clear they they haven't heard this bug before i mean the panic yeah. that that went on wednesday and it's going on today these noobs i mean for us it is like so tiresome, this China fight. It is so repetitive, but it works every time. And you do allude to, to something that I have talked about too, about before, the unpatriotic fight. The unpatriotic fight. It is, it is coming to a, uh, it's probably coming to a Democratic uh, senator's office near, it's amazing. It's, it's the Democrats now that care about patriotism. I mean, it's, it's, it's really shocking that it's, uh, it's, it's, I mean, in the 90s, it was the other way around, right? I mean, it, it, Everyone's got to use a tool to their advantage, you know, get, get more status power. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's unpatriotic. But, yeah, I don't like Iran, but I, I, I think it's great that they can mine it. I think it is great. It shows that no one can stop them for all the people that say the United States is going to shut down Bitcoin. 
if the United States could shut down Bitcoin, there be Iran could not would, would not be mining Bitcoin now. It, it's that it's that simple. It's 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 that freaking simple. Well, so uh, to your to your point, I was gonna say if China can't shut down Bitcoin, if if Bitcoin can still be used again in the largest authoritarian regime on the planet, what chance does a place like the U.S. who has quite a bit more freedom than China stand? in banning something like Bitcoin. Like, I, I just, I don't see it happening. And it's being integrated into the current system as we speak, very much in a Trojan horse type sense. But I just, they're, they're not going to, once this gets integrated into um, things that are like pension funds, um, what are they going to do? They're going to turn around and be like, all right, everybody holding uh, Bitcoin, that's actually storing your value over the long term. Uh, you you got to get rid of that stuff. And then they're going to collapse the market because of that, because nobody can actually uh, effectively store their value. Uh, I, I don't see it happening. No, no. And, and we're going to say is this, this is pretty a good time to segue into you know the the news earlier this week that the government is inter the United States government is interested in all sorts of regulation and uh, it says if you're a company you have to report ten thousand dollars worth of uh, Bitcoin sent to you. I mean that. That's the way it's always worked, right? I mean, you, you tell the government everything. <laughs> in terms of t that that amount of money value, you know, banks have been reporting ten thousand dollars. It's nothing new. This is nothing new. The the uh, Caitlin Long's talking about how regulation is coming soon. Yeah, we know. Everybody knows. It shouldn't be a shock. But people sell. People sell on that news. Uh, other my my other two guests. Uh, Benny just threw a lot out there. Uh, do you guys have anything to ask him to say about what he just said? By any chance, anyone? Uh, if, if, if that inspired you, I thought it might have triggered some people, some of the things, uh, the, the beautiful comments he said. All right. Uh, if not, uh, we'll, uh, we will move on to, what do we got? To, what do we got to say here? Uh, oh, and Benny, you're going to be in Miami, obviously, right? Oh yeah. I am so excited for this. You have no idea. It's just uh, like pent up. <laughs> yes. And, and, and before the show, I was talking about the pent up energy that is going to be released by all the people there. How are you going to get back into uh, Canada? I mean, the, the restrictions, it is clear there will still be restrictions in June. Uh, it, it, I mean, you're going to have to get a hotel room or something like that? What's, what's the deal? Yeah, so, <laughs> okay, so it's it depends where you are. So I'm in Alberta, which is kind of like the Texas of Canada, we'll say. <laughs> um, but uh, in, in terms of how that works, it, there's basically four major airports in Canada that are accepting international travel. One of them is my city, which is Calgary in Alberta. Now, how those fines are effectively, you're supposed to get a government mandated um, uh, hotel room when when you land, go there immediately, quarantine uh, pending the result of a COVID test, at which point if you're cleared, then you have to go home and then finish the rest of your two week quarantine. Um I know from a friend of mine who just flew back from the U.S., he landed in Calgary. And they said, are you going to one of the government-mandated hotels? He said, no, I'm going to go to my cabin and stay there for two weeks. And they said, okay. And out the door he went. And he, got, he to, so far has gotten no fine. Calgary Airport has not been enforcing the fines. Um it has to do something with they have to go through like an extra level of government and and file something with another agency and it's a pain in the butt. Um, other airports, Toronto, 
Vancouver, I think possibly Montreal, depending, um, have been enforcing them upon landing if you refuse. Um, and it's like a $3,000 fine. But that's pretty... If you end up having to stay the full length of time in the hotel, so if you get a positive COVID test and you have to stay in the government hotel for two weeks, then the cost is comparable to the fine. So a lot of people are just saying, give me the fine, I'm leaving. And then they just go. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I, I got to say, it, I'm glad Calgary is the weak link. The quote, it's the strong link. In the, there should be no rules at all. There's only four airports that are accepting you mean, you can't fly into what's another city. You can only fly into Vancouver, Calgary, Toronto, and Montreal. Those are the only airports in the entire country that are accepting international flights. And same thing for flying out. Um, I don't know when that's going to change again. Like it's funny because the cases are, are dropping uh, quite quickly here right yeah. now. The, um, the death rate did not spike with the third rate with the third wave here. Um, so I don't it's, know. It, you're going to be so the Canadians who actually make it down to Miami and then have to deal with this on their way back up. They're going to be enraged, enraged because my app, there's nothing, there's no virus here. There's nothing here. It's nothing. It's just no, everything is normal. I'm in Miami now. It's, it's totally normal. So to hear you say this, I mean, it is just, it is horrible what has become of Canada. It is just, they're living in a fantasy world up there. It is a fantasy world up there. Florida, Ontario, Florida, Florida has Ontario, lower Ontario case rates. Sorry. I was going to say, Florida has a lower uh, case rate than Canada. And they're, they're wide open. Like the, the number of cases that they've been getting uh, percentage-wise per like 100,000 people has been lower than Canada through a lot of these restrictions. And I don't know how long Florida's been open, but I don't know. I, I don't know what to say about it. It's, it, it sucks. <laughs> I don't know. I'm excited for Miami. That's, that's my main takeaway is I can't wait to get my, to Miami, I suppose. So everybody that's on this show, including me, all four of us, uh, we're we're gonna be there, so uh, <laughs> go get to meet us all in person. We'll all hug each other and shake hands. It'll be, you know, that's what people do. But I think some people have forgotten what people do. I mean, it's uh, it's crazy. Okay, good, 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 good. I, I I like that little bit of a little bit of beyond Bitcoin. I'm glad uh, I'm glad everything is set up. And I, of course, I've met you quite a few. We've hung out before. It'll be great to hang out with you again. Wait, when I say quite, we we hung out in Calgary. Was there another time? Why does it feel like there was another time? No, maybe Did that I? was the only time. Maybe that was uh, the only time. Well, you, you were at Bitcoin 2019, weren't you? No, no. So no? the only time, it just, it just feels, because I've seen you, you've been on my show. I mean, I think Benny's been on my yeah. show more than anybody uh, here. Uh, it feels like, uh, I guess I'm uh, I'm transferring some meeting of like, hang out with Ken Bozak to hang out with you because I <laughs> I, yeah. I met you in person more than I met you in person. Anyway, okay, yeah, yeah. I know people don't people don't want to hear about that. Uh, do, do you guys, other panel members, do you have a comments on government overreach? Oh, it's it's insane here. I'm in British Columbia, and they're trying to restrict people from traveling within these three subdivided regions. There are signs on the highway every so often, pretty regularly, saying. Don't travel, recreational travel, not allowed. They, they're setting up road checks. 
for people within British Columbia. I was worried because I was actually in Kamloops. There was supposed to be a road check where I had to drive through. Luckily, it wasn't there. Maybe it was because it was a weekday. That's yeah, it's scary. Uh, I, I want to point out to uh, BTC Sessions here that that's uh, Michael Shapiro and Phil Gibson is our other guest. Michael Shapiro here, and you might know them from uh, Clubhouse. I want I want your take on Clubhouse, by the way, uh, BTC Benny. Uh, but but Michael here uh, has he took his bike he, he took his bike across the border he crossed his he's in Canada right now because he took a bike from the United States so uh, just uh, I, I'm so impressed I, I I just was raving about it beforehand so I want to inform you of that but uh, what is your your take uh, BTC sessions on the glory or anti glory of Clubhouse? Um, I mean. I, I I enjoy the conversation. I I think eventually everybody kind of gets the the clubhouse fatigue after a while. But it is it is nice to you know if I'm feeling the itch, just like pop open an app and there's always like some Bitcoiners hanging out and having a conversation. Um, yeah, I I part of me thinks back to when I first kind of got into Bitcoin and thinking like man, if this kind of a resource was available at the time to be able to just pop into a room and, and ask um, some pretty knowledgeable people uh, about this kind of stuff, it would be fantastic. But yeah, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's a double-edged sword because I, I have yet to pop my head into some of the other trashy rooms where they're pumping NFTs and other you know, altcoins and stuff like that. So I'm pretty sure some of those would just be uh, the antithesis of the rooms that I've been hanging out in. So I don't know. It's it's a bit of a time vampire, that's for sure. Uh, but I do enjoy the conversation there. Time vampire. Yeah, be careful of those dudes. And that's what I kind of saw it as, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to hang out too much there because of that. It, it can be a time vampire. Very, very good word there. Uh, pound that like button. And I, I just forgot what the heck I was going to darn say that had to deal with all this stuff. Uh, but the Bose Flynn says, you're the best, Adam. Shout out to Zach Allen for bringing me to you a year ago. No one like you. Yes, I'm a unique beast. All these dudes are unique beasts. I encourage everyone to be a unique beast fitting in is freaking overrated speak your mind freaking take your bike across the border i love it baby but zach you clarified the 4chan thing and maybe maybe btc benny knows about this 4chan called the dip to to the t and how it would happen eight hours before it did now they say doing it again today to 25k so i don't care but interesting uh, Benny, have you heard about this? Now, I thought some I thought some of that stuff could have been faked, the bows, by the way. There were screenshots. I thought maybe they could have been faked. Um, have you heard about this weird 4chan thing that somebody out there has been able to predict manipulation that has been bringing down the market? Or is it all just a coincidence or is it all just a lie? I, I don't. I don't. I haven't heard that. But, I mean, <laughs> the thing is with anybody saying they predicted the dip after the fact – yeah. is you, you gotta you gotta go and look and see if that was their only call because what some people will do like some some quote-unquote ta experts is they'll go and they'll make multiple calls of different things that could happen and then afterwards they'll go and delete all of their incorrect ones 
and then point back to the the one that was right and say, look, look what we did. Uh, we, we nailed it. Uh, so you got to be careful because anybody could have made like 10 different price calls of support levels and then and then just deleted the the rest before anybody noticed and then drawn attention to how amazing they were afterwards. So I don't know. Here, uh, I, I think uh, one thing that has to be pointed out to you with, with 4chan and, you know, I, there are a lot of people in the space that want magical answers and want there to be magical predictions and want to know magical insider manipulation news. It, it doesn't really exist. I mean, it, it's you, you're asking for something that's not there and there's no big grand. I think people want conspiracies. They want they, they get they're sad when the price drops. I mean, and that's I mean, it's natural. And they want like a rationale because you know they want to know why it happened, and it makes it feel good and warm inside that there was a big conspiracy. And look, these guys found out about it, and uh, now we know. But I, I, it's it's not as simple as that. There are a lot of factors. A lot of there are obviously a lot of impulsive people. You know, they they sell the news. There've been a lot of people selling the news. There's been a lot of fud lately. Uh, what, what you all have to realize is that it uh it's all forgotten in the long run. We've had, we've had fun Fridays like this before, and I don't I can't tell you the specific fun that's happened every Friday in the past. It's just it it seems like a big deal when it's going on. It's not a big deal uh, when you take a longer uh, look at it from from the future. All right, Roman Q says there were two prominent politicians that were censored in Alberta recently. Want to know if uh, BTC Benny thinks that Bitcoin if Bitcoin can help Alberta's sovereignty? I don't know who was censored. I don't know who there, maybe Roman, if you can, I do have the chat up. Roman, if you can say who was censored. Um, I mean, in general, uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't really pay attention to politics at that point. I feel like Bitcoin transcends politics and makes a lot of that stuff obsolete. I'm very much in favor of more local governance as opposed to uh, far-reaching you know, federal governance where people try to govern a, a large body of people over large swaths of land. I think people are are much more in tune with uh, their own local needs as opposed to, I don't know, like Canada's 30 something million people. I, I don't think that should be uh, governed by a single body um, for a lot of things. And I think federal overreaches a lot. Um, oh, as he said, two politicians were kicked out of the UCP. I, which is the United Conservative Party here in in uh, Alberta? I don't know. There's there's a lot of stuff going on in Alberta right now. People like <laughs> either people are either mad that there are not enough regulations or mad that there are too many regulations. And there's nobody kind of anywhere down down the middle in that. So you know the as soon as the conservative um, uh, the conservative premier here in 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 our province uh put restrictions in um obviously like half of his party w was like revolting against him and then on the opposite side of things uh everybody that was not part of that party or that was uh, on the opposite side of the spectrum was like what are you doing you need to shut literally everything down people should be locked in their homes all this kind of stuff so uh, nobody's nobody's going to be um 
happy. Now he's saying that two politicians were kicked out for being anti-lockdown. The mere act of being anti-lockdown should not have any bearing. It's an opinion. You're an elected politician. Um, if people continue to agree with your views, then continue to elect them, but you shouldn't, I, I don't know. That seems stupid to me. <laughs> I don't, I don't see how Bitcoin fixes this though, because <laughs> it, like Bitcoin, again, Bitcoin makes politics obsolete i suppose in in many ways so maybe just the bickering in the first place would not have taken place had people just been free to do as they please with their own capital so i i don't know <laughs> i right, think yeah I, oh yes please well i i so, think bitcoin helps if you want to take like the lobbying approach and you know putting politicians money where their mouth is and you know as bitcoin moons and their donors give them bitcoin that'll definitely influence the decisions they make. And I think they'll like, I think we all kind of agree with this to some extent, but we're starting to see jurisdictional arbitrage in the States. Uh, my governor of Texas, Greg Abbott wants to make Bitcoin a Mecca for Bitcoin. I mean, uh, Texas, a Mecca for Bitcoin mining. Uh, it's a huge hub for that with all the, you know, reusable energy and grid stuff. And we're seeing that in Florida as well. So, you know, I, I think this is just another shakeup. Like this whole Canada story isn't directly tied with Bitcoin, but I don't know with Bitcoin just kind of like seeping through the cracks of everywhere else, like government-wise around the world. I think um, I don't know. I, I just hope like more. I guess lobbying it can be a dirty word, but it starts to pop up or people will actually start to like look at Bitcoin and see how they they can apply it to their solutions. Uh, the mayor of I, I can't remember if it was Tennessee, Mississippi. But uh, Mayor Scott, who was on uh, TFTC this past week, uh, just just hearing what he's trying to work on. And I know he's his own individual with his own uh, politics and opinions. But, uh, you know, going back to what Adam was saying about, you know, not being a status, like I agree. But to some extent, you know, we're all going to self-govern ourselves in some way. And I think Bitcoin is like the best avenue and, and tool to kind of get there. So, again, like. Bitcoin isn't tied to this whole Canadian like censorship politicians get them out, whatever, but you know, people will end up speaking their mind and speaking and, and voting with like this information that is Bitcoin to get the point across. Cause it won't have any uh, other choice. I, I'm glad you spoke up there, Phil, because I was going to ask you a question. I want to remind everybody China lies. Just <laughs> when we, when I was ranting about China before, don't believe a word they say. I mean, it's just that how the people haven't gotten it yet. That ha most of the stuff that comes out of that uh, official spokespeople, it's just lies. It's just lies. And that people mess up their financial future that based on these liars, it's it's sad, man. It's freaking sad. Buying over crying, people. Uh, and that buying over crying, that shout out goes to the dude who was complaining about the, si the sound also. You cry about the sound, I'll buy the freaking Bitcoin. Ba pound that like button. And so, Phil, I'm going to keep it on, on you here. Because I think I, 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 everybody knows my answer to this. We are still in a freaking bull run. But there are people that are asking, Adam, is the bull run over? Oh, my God, I'm worried. China. Uh, are we still in a bull run here, Phil? That's a rhetorical question, right? <laughs> no, a, a, absolutely. And I think this dip is just another sign of Bitcoin's anti-fragility. And how passionate and uh, strong diamond hand actual Bitcoiners are and new Bitcoiners, right? Because, yeah, maybe Bitcoiners that were 
old school bought more, but you know, like the a floor is set, so maybe it dips below 30k, but. I don't think it's too brash to say that 20K might be a new floor. So it's just going to go up from here. This may sound conspiratorial, but I think all this FUD is just to just shake out the weak hands and give these larger financial players a discount. Because again, people that have smart money or big money, whatever, are seeing that their yields are turning negative and they're not really going to have another choice in the long run. So they're smart with their money. They know what they're doing. And it, that takes creating FUD and retail and to shake out some weak hands so they can get more Bitcoin. Again, that's a little conspiratorial, but it, it makes sense to, to some extent, right? Because markets and the history of markets have been manipulated one way or another. And this manipulation, if you want to call it that in Bitcoin, is really just an exemplification. Is that word? It's a manifestation. Let's go with that word. It's a manifestation of how powerful a true free market mechanism is and how it works and how Bitcoin never turns off ever. And it is just a pure representation of, of people's incentive and human action and just humans being human and just following, following their intuition. And if that means people are going to sell and then people are going to buy it right back up, then that's what's going to happen. You say people are buying it right back up. It's freaking this is the this is the problem here that these individuals who are selling, well, they've got herd mentality. I don't like calling them individuals, but these retail people, it they're selling it to the to the the, the, the corporate interest here, okay? And to this freaking strong hands. But uh, they will be the first people complaining, like, why does Wells Fargo have all this Bitcoin? Well, they're buying it from you right now in 2025 when Wells Fargo's got all this Bitcoin and you're complaining, you sold it to them, you freaks. All right, uh, uh, Michael, are we still in a bull run here? I think it's more likely that we are still in a bull run. I don't know. Um, just because the, I've realized, you know, the S2F model is, is complete bullshit. Um, <laughs> oh! and, we, and we can see sort of a, a signal to noise ratio when you're looking at what are the transaction volumes? Uh, what are What's the volume of sell-offs versus um, the volume of new Bitcoin being minted? Um, so it's, what, 320,000 Bitcoin uh per year now uh, that'll get mined compared to in the dip from 57 to 43k over about a week I looked at the exchange volumes it was about 550,000 Bitcoin that were moving Uh, and so the S2F model is going to be worse and worse over time because as it as those become a small percentage um, they become less important the only way that it would become dominant is if we had a huge number of strong hands, um, but we don't have that amount of Bitcoin strongly held, so it's still lagging. So it's really not meaningful. Um, so the the basis of saying that it's more like that we're in a bull market, it's the, the different macro factors that it seems everything is poised to make Bitcoin explode upward um, with a huge increase in money supply, uh, with... It, but at the same time, I'm looking at how foolish people are being for how long and all the, the NFT stuff with people in tech, um, where I'm looking at what percentage of the people that I thought are smart are still not getting it. Um, it sort of makes me wonder how long can people remain stupid, um, especially since there's a lot of people that, you know, if, if they're still able to live in a house and eat food, 
maybe they can keep being foolish for a, a longer amount of time than I would expect. Uh, so it's hard for me to really predict the price either way. But I will say I, I am still bullish. I have some $200,000 um, December 31st call options. Oh, now, dude, you said a lot. Best freaking guest in the space I bring you. You're not scared to speak your mind about the S2 stock to flow model, okay? There are a lot of people that worship that thing, okay? They, I mean, I don't, I don't put anything on a pedestal. So I'm glad when I can get somebody on there that they can question it. If, if you're betting the farm based on that thing, guy, don't, don't worship it blindly. Question it. I, I really like that you said that. And he's a, the dude who promotes it. I'm sure he's a good guy and everything like that. He seems like a, a nice, a smart guy and everything. But there are so many people that, I mean, just bow down to that. Do not pedestal a person. Because when you pedestal someone, we still, everybody was pedestaling Elon Musk. Look at the letdown that everybody had. Now, you did say that there, there's smart people doing stupid things out there. Um, you actually have a tweet, Michael. <laughs> Who was it that you uh, – is it Balaji that, that you uh, – was your latest uh, target there? Was that who yeah. it was? All right. You, you, you were kind of surprised that he's he said something stupid. Dude, he was what? wearing – he was wearing a freaking mask in his profile for months. For months. Yeah. Okay, but you – so don't be too surprised about irrational things coming from that dude's mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The other thing about S2F, though, is people are going to find there's going to be a day where S2F looks extremely bearish. So it's a parabolic on a log chart. So it's exponential. Uh, the problem is uh, Bitcoin is not parabolic or exponential. It's actually faster than that. Uh, Bitcoin is it's literally hyperbolic. Hyperbolic growth is what we are going to see. It's a finite time singularity. So the simplest equation would be one over X. Uh, look at what that chart looks like. It goes to infinity in a finite amount of time. And in nominal terms, that is what will happen to the price, except it's it's faster than that because it's like N over X, where N is the inflow and X is the amount of weekly held Bitcoin. You can sort of divide Bitcoin up into strongly and weakly held. And then there's whatever interactive parameters that would make it spiral out of control. And so when people see these, uh, these dips... Um, it's a, it's a small amount of weak hands that cause this large price movement. And similarly, you don't need a, much of a shift to cause a huge spike. A, a lot of people say, oh, you know, it's, it's a trillion dollar market cap and that's great for Bitcoin. But in the big scheme of things, that is small compared to all these other things. And there's so much growth that needs to happen and it can only get so many trillions so quickly. But all you're doing is dividing by something that gets closer and closer to zero. This isn't like we're just building blast furnaces and, you know, you can only build them up so quickly. You can divide by zero and then suddenly you're at infinity. So it's really it's more of a question of how many Bitcoin are strongly held versus weekly held. And I'd say it's the, the money coming in is more about how it shifts that parameter than the money itself. Um, so we really don't need institutions. We don't need any particular people coming into Bitcoin. We just need more of the people that understand Bitcoin holding it. Whoa, hyperbolic Trav there. Uh, that's what I, I hear that word hyperbolic. So you're, you're, you're bullish, man. This is, this is great. This is good. Um, uh, I want to say you, you, you jogged my memory. I was going to talk about, you said the word NFT. And I was about to say during uh, this down, this FUD two weeks that we've had, um, I bet there are a lot of people that bought NFTs 
they are greatly regretting it now. My Lord, I mean, are some of those things worthless now? Uh, it, how people could have wasted their... Anyway, uh, B BTC Benny, uh, your take on stock to flow or anything that was just said? Um, I mean, I, th I think uh, what was just said is is totally fair. Like I'm, I think so far it's held up okay, but at the same time, I don't, you know, I'm, I don't expect it to follow it exactly. Um, and uh, as it was alluded to, if it breaks, it's probably going to break to the upside. Right. So, you know, it's, it's maybe it's, it's only meant to be moderately useful within an order of magnitude, I suppose, but um, I'm not married to it either way. So I don't know. I'm kind of indifferent to, to stock to flow, to be honest. Um, are we still in a bear market or in a, in a bull market? Yeah, absolutely. I, th I think that um, we're going through the usual rounds of, you know, everything pumps for a while, then they pile on the FUD and then it pumps a bit more and then they pile on the FUD and then it pumps a bit. I think we're going to see a bunch of that this year. I think it's going to, it's, it's seeming so similar to 2017. And I think the reason for that is because with 2017, we got a bunch of new people that didn't know what the hell was going on. They gradually figured it out over the course of the year um, as some of them got totally wrecked and some of them did not. And then obviously we went into a bear market as, as people left um, and some stuck around. Well, hey, we've, we've got the same thing happening just on a larger scale this time around. More people are coming in. There's more on ramps. There's more people paying attention. There's a different class of people paying attention, but they've got to learn all the same lessons and make all the same mistakes. So um, yeah, are we still in a bull market? I think so. I think we've got a ways to go. And then I think we're going to see a, a somewhat similar cycle, maybe a little bit more muted because more people will be thinking longer term, but we'll see. Yep. I, I agree with what you just said. It's 2017 all over again, but uh, 2018 followed 2017. So I I don't think it can be kept up in uh, 2022. Maybe it'll be a little bit more muted, as you said, the the downturn. But have a freaking strong hand. Think four years at a time, people. Johnny NY says, I love your new show. No schedule, free-flowing it. Yeah, man, I love this free-flowing. You don't know who's going to drop in. I'm, it's it's easier on me setting up the show the way I, I'm, I'm doing it now. And, you know, everyone saw last week I was very frustrated with uh, how things had been. And so – Again, I thank the people that have helped me out with the administrative side of things. We're at the end of the show here. I do want to read uh, a, a Fraxalist said, America is not a stable country right now. It's stupid to keep wealth in U.S. dollar until we get our S together. Now, even if we get our S together, it's not good to keep your, uh, your, your money, uh, your savings in USD uh, because – even if there's a stable leader in charge, he's going to still print it uh, to oblivion. But I got to say one thing. It's worse to keep your uh, your money in Canadian dollars than American dollars. They're, 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 they're more whack than we are, okay? Clearly, I mean, you know, from what we've – they're insane rules that they have out there with this – they're still locked. They're living in this fantasy lockdown world out there. Up there. I can't even believe it. I can't even believe the Blue Jays had to play in freaking Buffalo. It's so – and that the NHL has got to worry about the where the playoffs are going to – it's just it's insane. It creeps into every aspect of life. The, the oh, lockdowns are bad in, in, in two ways. So a lot of people just respond to, okay, this government overreach is, is absolutely insane. But they're wrong twice in two big ways. So one is, is how excessive and forceful they are. But the other is the things they are doing are also –
the wrong things. Still here in Canada, you can see the hand sanitizer. It's complete bullshit. There is no fomite risk. This is something that if you look into, I, and I looked into this because I was working on an air filter sort of a uh, while ago and, and trying to build stuff for this. Um, this pattern repeats every time there's this sort of pandemic, the major institutions will say it's not airborne whatsoever. And then the, the scientists that study the aerosolization, which is a, a physics-based phenomenon, it's not sort of part of the traditional um, virology, getting things that are legible, treat, feeding that into your pharmaceutical industrial complex. So people that actually model the physics of this will say, hey, you're full of shit. And then they'll say, no, 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 this is how it is. And then over time, they'll say, okay, okay, fine. It's, it's slightly airborne. And, and then they'll say, no, 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 it's more airborne than that. And, you know, over a year or two, then they finally say, okay, it's as airborne as you were saying from the get-go. Um, and, and that's the same thing with COVID. They have uh, tweets, you can look at the WHO, that they said, fact check, it is not airborne at all. Uh, and so they target the completely wrong modalities. It is airborne, it's from confined spaces. So all this stuff with hand sanitizer, wiping down services or surfaces it's hygiene theater so it's not just that it's overreaching it's overreaching and incompetent so even in the situation where there were let's say a virus that's far more dangerous they'd still be doing the wrong thing <laughs> yeah the government is completely inco it's completely incompetent if the government never touched this thing it would have resolved itself on its freaking own okay uh people could i mean the, the lies and the inefficiencies that are coming from the so-called solutions it, it makes everything it totally makes everything worse they're the ones that say trust the science they don't even know science if you know smack them in the freaking face uh, but hey i'm glad to see you outside and living your life you're you're clearly a, a healthy dude uh and I, I wish more people just got out there and, and were living lives uh, okay, so we are we are at, we're at the end, and that's what Florida will be all about, and that's what all the people that are coming to Miami are going to freaking live the, the Vita Loca, baby. Pound that like button. Okay, let's get our conclusionary remarks from everybody. Promote what you're going to promote. Phil, my musician buddy, we got a show coming up that's going to de debut soon. All three of these dudes are linked to below, by the way, so please follow them on Twitter. Uh, Phil, take it away. Any conclusionary thoughts, any stories you want to share that are Bitcoin-related, life-related that we didn't mention? It's The floor is yours. Stories, not that I could think of. I think a lot of great stories are going to be made in Miami, so I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, other than that, I'm very stoked to be on the sh show, Adam, and I'm stoked to drop our episode. should be Monday. We get into a lot of great stuff. But yeah, always good to talk about this stuff and to remember that FUD is FUD is FUD. And uh, welcome to Bitcoin. Get used to it and just stack your sats and hodl and you'll have a sound mind because you got sound money on your side at all times. So if you want to follow me and what I'm working on, my name is Phil Gibson. I got a podcast called A Boy Named Sue. Like the Johnny Cash song, except Sue is spelled P-S-E-U because, you know, do do the math. You, you, you can figure it out. Pseudonymous, whatever. And I and before this whole Bitcoin thing, I was first and foremost a musician, which I still am. And I wrote a song called End the Fed. Well, it's really entitled ETF 
in all caps periods after each letter whatever because you know everyone was like hyping over a bitcoin etf for for years but even that is kind of like you know on the wayside like kind of meh so if we get one that's nice but you know whatever uh price is gonna go up either way but uh after the crash last march i was learning about bitcoin and macro and just trying to wrap my head around how all this stuff kind of works and my end the fed song was just a you know three and a half minute rock and roll encapsulation of my thoughts and that and my goal was just to make a economic earworm that hopefully got stuck in people's heads that was catchy enough and if they were curious enough to learn what the words of that song were then maybe they could uh read them dive more into it and just you know learn bitcoin because uh, trying to get people on onto bitcoin is not the easiest thing but if you can demonstrate that in a fun way just uh, on the periphery and it gets it gets stuck in their head then you know that might work so that that song is just by me, Mr. Sue, Mr. Seu, So that's streaming everywhere that you stream music. Uh, the music videos I actually pinned uh, on my Twitter, which I did with Richard James, who made the sound uh, Hard Money Film, hardmoneyfilm.com. Uh, great editing. Bit Koganowski did the fabulous artwork for it. It's literally like an orange Bitcoin comment that's flying into the Federal Reserve. So, and the Fed. There you go. And uh, yeah rock and roll and uh huddle bitcoin keep stacking rock and roll and bitcoin he's the uh rock star of bitcoin check him out definitely thanks for coming on the show today excellent all right michael you made your debut on the show also today any uh, final thoughts anything you want to promote um i'll just say that you know when i got into bitcoin it was through sort of steel manning the the existing system I, I made some things that were really useful for the world, and I tried to to see, does venture capital, does finance work? And I found it doesn't work, and so that led me to Bitcoin. And over, over the years, the past few years since getting into Bitcoin, I've been able to see other situations where the world doesn't work. And what I've realized is it's, it's a bit like the news, where you know if we see a news article and something we're familiar with, it's easy to see they're full of shit but then sometimes assume that maybe the other things seem reasonable and, and we don't know. So we take their word for it. And what I'd like to emphasize is that the world is broken in more ways than we can imagine, even when we already think it is thoroughly broken from A to Z. And so when people are, think are still underestimating just how much Bitcoin fixes everything, and I'm probably underestimating it too. We have no idea how good it's going to get and how many things are going to be fixed through Bitcoin. Ooh, that's a good conclusion right there. I like it. The, the future is bright and we, we don't know what Bitcoin is going to exactly bring to this world and uh, the, the innovations that we're going to be playing around with in, in 10 years with it. Those of you watching this 10 years in the future, you know the answer, but we don't know it yet. And you're probably really rich if you're watching this in the future. All right, Betty, we leave, we leave it with you, baby. Tell us what you're doing. Um, any news? Yeah. The floor is yours. Thanks for, for coming on. Yeah, man. Um, glad to be here as always. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, love the conversation. I think what I'll just kind of give for audience to take away is, um, you know, Elon Musk has been the source of a lot of FUD as of lately. He did. He responded to one of my tweets last night and I basically had to turn off my phone. But um, I think 
I think the way that he's looking at Bitcoin is fundamentally broken. Um, he doesn't understand how Bitcoin is trying to maintain uh, decentralization. And so if I could put, point you to a few resources to ensure that you continue to use Bitcoin in a decentralized way, there's a good book that is relatively recent called The Block Size War or Wars. Uh, on on Amazon, and it's all about the fight that was fought in 2017 to maintain Bitcoin's decentralization. So check that out. And then outside of that, the important things in using Bitcoin are um, running a node is is very helpful in ensuring that uh, you're using what you personally believe to be Bitcoin. So I did a tutorial on how to run an umbral node. So if you want to check that out, very easy. Um, and then in terms of the environmental flood, a lot of Elon's premise is basing uh, the amount of energy consumed per transaction, which doesn't make sense. Um, there is no correlation between amount of energy consumed and number of transactions put through on Bitcoin. And furthermore, when you tag on a second layer like Lightning Network, each transaction can actually represent set settlement of millions of transactions per second. Um, so if you're interested in that, start diving into Lightning Network, which I did also drop a tutorial for how to set up a full routing Lightning node if you feel so inclined. Otherwise, you can use other solutions like Breeze and Phoenix. But there's so many things that people don't understand and that all of this FUD is based on. They have shaky foundations for all of their arguments and you can dispel it by running a node and playing with lightning. That's it. That was my rant. You know, no, I, I'm so glad you brought this up. Is in the notes I said I got to bring up to Benny his uh, conversation with Elon in an article here. It says Elon Musk lightning can solve Bitcoin scaling problem. It's from Decrypt. It shows your tweet to him. It was about Lightning Network. Um, do you have anything else to say about like, I mean, people read the article, it, it's linked to below. And that was, that was pretty crazy that he responded to you. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, do, do you have any, uh, any other lightning, uh, s related stuff to say? Because people like to hear you talk about lightning. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it, I mean, it answers, it, it answers Elon's question clearly. Um, yeah. and don't put, don't put him on a pedestal, obviously. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Like his whole premise was flawed, right? He's, he's trying to say like, let's, let's shove everything base layer. Um, but it makes it prohibitively expensive and, and difficult for people to, to run a node and verify themselves. Right. Um, the, the amount of bandwidth required for that, um, would be incredibly difficult to, to maintain not only, I mean, if assuming that we're using the entire world was using Bitcoin as a base layer for their transactions for everything. Um, so it's, it's just completely infeasible, but his, again, his premise on, on amount of energy per transaction, totally broken, doesn't make sense. Um, and he also seems to not realize the implications of even if, even if uh, it was decided and, and, and technically possible that we could switch to that, the implications of changing the base layer protocol, of changing the underlying rules, ruins the entire promise that it's an immutable protocol. You know, let let Ethereum do regular hard forks and change the very foundation that they're based upon. Let them do that. Uh, that's not what Bitcoin is for. We're for hard promises and hard money, and that's why we're that's why we're here. And I think may and the thing about the Dogecoin is. Maybe he wants to, you know, he wants to control. I mean, I don't want to put thoughts into his. I, 
Dogecoin might not be immutable if he takes it over. Okay, maybe maybe he likes that aspect of it. But again, Ethereum is clearly not immutable. So if he's interested, he, and I've I've warned people, he might he might pump Ethereum soon. So get ready for that fud next week, people. For the people who worship Elon. All right, BTC Benny, I'm glad you uh, brought up this uh, this lightning stuff here. Adam, also, um, I DM'd you a, a link that you might want to include about Tesla for for people that sort of want to go down the rabbit hole of of what's behind all this. One um, idea from a couple of years ago, actually, is that uh, Tesla is essentially money laundering for the CCP, uh, that they have these layers of LLCs in the U.S. that you can't tie back to them. They pump up the price of Tesla and then Tesla buys things in China. And so there's a, a blog post explaining all of that that sort of predicted the rise of Tesla in terms of stock just because they were doing all these shenanigans. Sounds a okay. lot like how our GDP works. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm right this second. I'm adding that it, it's it's uh, it's it says China. It's like the last link underneath the show. Uh, well, I'll, I'll add it in a second by the time uh, we, we end the show here. But hey, I, I haven't read the article, so I'm not endorsing it yet. But Michael is a, a, a an awesome guest. And hey, he wants you guys to read something. So read. Reading is fundamental. I think that used to be a... a some advertisement on TV. I don't watch TV anymore. All right, dudes. <laughs> Goodbye, my elite friends. You've been all great today. It's been a special new format show. I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Thank you, guest you. It was a really good combination today. A lot of unexpected stuff came up. Everybody, play the 2X if you haven't watched the whole thing yet. It will save you time. I am Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Shabbat Shalom, as we say. And yes, again, we remember our good friend Daniel Dan, who was a great Bitcoiner. The show was uh, dedicated to him. And life is short, people, so take full advantage of it. And it's it's pathetic when the government tries to lock people in their houses to take away, uh, or only taking away a year of your life. No, a year, of, that's, that's a tremendous part of your freaking life. There's nothing, only a year is not a legitimate saying. We'll, we'll end it with that. It's not only a year. Only a second is not only a second. Every little piece counts, and the government doesn't own a piece of it. You own it all. Thank you, everybody. See you later. Strong hand. All right. Let's get out of here.